Welcome to this episode of the Luminosity Podcast, hosted by Maria Conde. This podcast is an ongoing conversation to provide busy entrepreneurs, practical tools, and inspiring stories to live a healthy and abundant life with grace and ease. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, Maria Conde. Hello, uh, hello, and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I am super excited to be here today to talk about our enough factor and our purpose. And for this, I have the most unique and fun guest joining us today. For this, we have the pleasure of speaking with Suzette. She is author, innovator, relationship solutionist. Suzette has changed the way relationships are done with her signature music math approach. After 50 years in music, 35 years in math, and later discovering her highest expression as a relationship coach and businesswoman, Suzette has stumbled onto something quite revolutionary, the correlation between music, math, and relationships. Kicking off her discovery was, what is your enough factor? City to City Tour. It's mission to help high-performing, success-driven, dream-driven, purpose-driven women discover their superpower to have great love. Suzette's story did not have a fairy tale start, but definitely had a fairy tale ending. And I'm going to let her talk about her story in just a moment. And so, with that, um, welcome, Suzette. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And before we get started, I always give this little piece in here um, that this is just not about people in the entrepreneurial world necessarily. This everything that I do in my podcast affects everyone, and whether you're a a working person, or if you're an entrepreneur, or a stay-at-home mom, whatever, there's always pieces in here that can come into everybody's life. So um, don't feel like this is just for entrepreneurs. Um, so stay tuned. And um, that's it. So let's begin. So Suzette, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. Oh my. I love the way you ended it with, uh, it wasn't a fairy tale beginning, Yeah. but it was a fairy tale ending. That's so true because I was raised in a home that what was modeled for me was love equaled performance. Ah, interesting. If you perform well, you get kudos. If you don't perform well, you get punished. Ah. And the performance was always determined by somebody else other than myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and many of us high achieving women, whether we work from home or whatever, we're juggling many things, we're wearing many hats. But the reason why sometimes we feel so much guilt and trepidation is because we rank ourselves based on some measure of what we think the level of our performance should be. Absolutely. I can see that in a lot of people. And I was no different. And so I figured out very early in life that in order for me to avoid getting a whipping or avoid going to hell in a handbasket, <laughs> I had to try to get this performance thing down pat because not only were my parents measuring me on my performance, but the God that they were presenting to me mm. was measuring me on my performance as well. That's interesting. If you, if you do good, Good things come to you. If you do bad, you're cursed or you go to hell. And there were all these sets of rules that you had to live up to in order to be acceptable. But here was the thing. I could never live up to the rules. I tried. Mm. 
God knows. I tried, I tried, I tried. But every time somebody said go right, something inside of me wanted to go left. (laughs) So I spent a whole lot of time begging God to forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, and help me, help me, help me, help me. And I brought that same performance mentality of course, into my life, into my work, into my relationships. And the thing about it is if you measure yourself by your performance, that's what you attract. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all hear about, you know, being authentic and being real. But you know what? I had to come to the conclusion I didn't know how to do those things. I didn't know how to not perform for a man's affections. I didn't know how to just be. Mm -hmm. It sounded great. It resonated with me, but I didn't know how to be. And so I, of course, I attracted uh, positions that I excelled in, but then I get to a certain point and, and it just wasn't happening anymore. It's like you get to a certain point and you go, why am I here? Yeah. (laughs) How did I I get here? here? (laughs) You know, and you, and it wasn't that you weren't, performing well or anybody was complaining about you. It's just that after the challenge was over, mm-hmm. I got bored. Mm-hmm. And likewise, in my relationships, I kept attracting men who weren't available. Okay. And, and the thing about it, it was like a moth to a flame. <laughs> you know, the, if they paid attention to me, that was the hook. Yeah. You know, because to a person who doesn't know who they are, they always defer to somebody else's opinion of them. Absolutely. You especially know? especially so, at younger ages, too. Yes. And a lot of times, sadly, we get these grown-up bodies. But if you were to peel that banana back, we're still trying to perform. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to meet up, meet somebody else's measure of who we were. But thank goodness, life took me through hoops and quite, <laughs> quite an obstacle course. It does. But it does. <laughs> it does. But after a while, purpose helped me to start connecting the dots. I started realizing, you know, what was off pitch in my life, what didn't add up. And I'll tell people music math saved my life because if I could not have figured out what was off pitch, you know, what was in disharmony. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't figure out what didn't add up, I would not be the person that I am today and I would not have the fairy tale ending because honestly, back in those days when I was growing up, I wasn't aspiring to be a great entrepreneur, a coach, an author. I wasn't aspiring for any of those things. I just wanted to be loved. Yes, that is so common. Yeah, I just wanted to be loved. And so thank goodness I did the work. Oh, my God, Maria, (laughs) what work it was. I did the work. I started telling myself the truth and asking myself the hard questions Mm -hmm. and putting my sacred cows outside. You know, I started challenging some of those values and views. Yes. You know, I was, I was like the person that would do something and wait for God to send the lightning <laughs> bolt to strike me. And when it didn't, I was like, oh. Oh, you're so programmed. Stri- yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't strike me. Oh, the sky didn't fall, you know? Yeah. And so I started taking more risks and, and started listening 
to what I really wanted and, and, and what I really felt. And of course, books played a big part in that. And, 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 and the purpose always sends you what you need uh, to grow you up. I tell people, you know, God got pain on, got pain on payroll. <laughs> Because pain mixed with purpose helped to guide me. And I started working on those things in my life. I call them lids, limitations, ideologies, disconnects, and stories. And when I I started working, thank you. And I started working on those things. And the fairy tale ending was I got the life and I got the man. How sweet. It is a fairy tale ending. It is a fairy tale ending. I have to pinch myself sometimes. But you had to do major amounts of work to get through all that to have that. Oh, so you could God, be yes. good in yourself as a woman and, yes. and not, you know, you had to let go of a lot of, a lot of prior programming from your whole upbringing. Oh God, I had to grow up the little girl. Yeah. yeah. I had to grow up. I was trying so hard to avoid her. Mm-hmm. Sit her in a corner and say, bad, bad, bad. Sit her in a corner and say, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. You're not that enough. And I sat her in the corner and I walked away from her thinking that was the grown up thing to do. Uh, yeah. But until I went back and I had to grow her up mm-hmm. by giving her the attention she needed, the information she needed to help, to help her to start trusting herself and trusting me, the bigger me, yep. the purposeful me. So it took a lot of time. I didn't, I didn't really start really putting those dots together, to be honest, until I hit about 49, Yep, about 50 years old. Yeah. There was something to, I'm, I just turned 50 this last year. And I have to say there was something to, about being 50 because in the last probably two years, mm-hmm. my whole mindset of everything in my life is different. Yes. Everything is changing. Everything matters in a whole different way or it doesn't matter at all, you know? So it's, um, you learn to let go of a lot of stuff and you also have a whole different purpose in your life. And yeah, you do. You do. And I think this in our DNA, it's in our soul's DNA to get us to a certain point and, and cause us to have to think about what we're doing and why we're doing it and if we really care and, if, and, the, and the people that we care about Mm-hmm. You know, that it matters to do they really matter. Exactly. We can, and we can love them without having to live for them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's, um, I find it interesting because you said about pain and stuff like that. And I know for myself, a lot of it's not just my age, you know, with age comes with that. But with that, all that comes is the pain and the experiences that you have in life. And like you said, God gives you all the universe gives you all the things that are going to get you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that happens mm-hmm. to be painful. You know, I lost, I think it was eight people in my family in an 18 month period. Wow. And wow, you know, wow. it, it, it taught me a lot about what's important to me, what's not, what, uh, there's so many things I can just let go of now. It's like, okay, that's just not even worth my energy right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to get stressed about being all perfectionist about that and whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, it really makes you Think about what really matters because what typified my my shift was pain. Mm-hmm. It was a devastating pain. You know, you have little drip drops of pain and you kind of handle them and drip drops, but then there's the big, I yeah. call it the tsunami pain. Yeah. That thing that knocks you off your course and calls into question everything you've ever thought about yourself, yeah. about God, about people. And you start asking yourself, 
does does what I do matter to anybody? What mm-hmm. what's the point of this? You know, what does this mean? Why am I here? Yeah, and I'm I'm doing you a know? lot of that right now because I want to make a big change in the world. But I'm you know I'm asking the universe to show me that path because I don't you know I'm mm-hmm. such a I'm a in the past, I'm such a doer. So it's like, okay, yes. I have to have a to-do list on how to do this, right? And it's like, no, you have to be. And exactly. just let it come and the universe will provide that lesson to you. And that, yes. that, that journey of where you're supposed to go, right? So, mm-hmm. so I want to double back here a little bit on music math. So how does music and math come into all of this equation? Well, especially when you're trying to discover what your enough factor is is, which by the way, all of us have it. Yep. <laughs> all of us have it. It's just that very few of us know what it is. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know what it is, you can be talked out of it. Mm-hmm. And because I was so other driven, I needed to find out what made me enough. And when I look back at my journey, it's funny how the things that 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 come into your life and, and the paths that you take and the things that you feel drawn to and, and all those things, how somehow or another it all comes together mm-hmm. when you figure out what makes you enough. I realized that my learning, that my discovering that is rather, that I had a musical ability. Mm-hmm. At the age of seven, I could play the piano by ear. Wow. At the age of seven, I could sing pretty much like Beyonce. At the age of seven, I knew how how to teach people how to harmonize without sheet music. Wow. Nobody taught that to me. I knew it. That is so special because so many people, I I know myself, I'm trying to Mm -hmm. learn piano and to sing and it's... It's not not natural. (laughs) Well, of course, my piano piano teachers did not like it because they wanted me to follow the sheet music. Oh, yes. And we had to conform to all the, you know, the Royal Conservatory rules of everything, right? Exactly. And And so the thing about it was the music, I, I later found the evolution of music wasn't just notes. No, it wasn't just, it was, it, music is the language of the soul. Yeah. It is the soul's way of communicating. It is the sound of your own voice. It is the melody inside of you that longs to be heard by someone who can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That's what music is. And I found that in, in, in the growing, the evolution of what I discovered at an early age was the very thing that I needed to hear. It was the very, it was the sound of my voice that I lost. Mm. It was the disconnect from my soul. I could not hear my soul anymore oh. because what my soul was resonating, nobody in my community Nobody in my environment, not even my parents, could respect it. They told me it was wrong. They told me it was sinful. They told me God had to to cure me or deliver me from it. Wow. And so when you're young like that, yeah, when when your soul, and, and it was the soul of me, the piano playing, everybody applauded. 
They wanted me to play. They wanted me to sing. They wanted me to make their choir sound good, you know, by teaching yeah. them four yeah. and five part harmony. They wanted that part, but they did not want the deeper thing that my soul was waiting. Mm-hmm. They didn't want my song. Right. Long as I sang their song, <laughs> All was good. it was okay. Yeah. But my song was different than anything they'd ever heard. Mm-hmm. And so it was because of that that I lost the sound of my own voice, the sound of my own soul. And so music, the evolution of it is coming to that point of being able to hear the sound of my voice again. Absolutely. Because when you lose the sound of your voice, Maria, you lose who you are. Oh, for sure. You know, and so the math part of it was the performer. Okay. And for many of us high-performing women, we know how to do. We're doers. Yeah, we're doers. I just went in. Yeah, that's my whole thing. We're calculators. (laughs) We're analyzers. One plus one equals two. You know, we need, we, 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 we are in the doing of, of things. You know, we, we grade ourselves by how well we measure up. Mm-hmm. And then we measure everything, how many followers you have, how many people exactly. show up for this, that, everything is measured. Very quantifiable. Absolutely. And so that's the math. And while math has a place, math is not supposed to lead. For a lot of us, we feel like the doing of a thing mm-hmm. makes us enough. How well we do it, how well we meet somebody else's need, how well we measure up to this this idea of success. You know, that's the way we feel like if we can do our way to it, then it'll make us somebody. Mm-hmm. But the music is we already are somebody. And the truth is the music is supposed to direct the math, not the other way around. And oh. the reason that we become discontented and frustrated is because we've been already socialized and defined and measured by quantifiers. Wow. And we've allowed those quantifiers to cause us to seek more of that in hopes that it'll make us feel better about who we are. But it's the music and the math working together. But the music is the love leader. The music is the visionary. The music is the dreamer because it resonates from the truest part of who you are. Wow. And and, and that's the reason why I found myself sitting in in an office doing bookkeeping, sitting there wondering, what in the hell am I doing here? (laughs) You're speaking to the accountant here. (laughs) Yeah, you know, what am I doing here? I, I have the skill for it. Mm. But it's not supposed to be the leader of of my life. Yeah, you know, I, I forgot my music. I started buying into this performance thing. I have to perform well enough for a man to love me. I have to make the bread right. I have to make biscuits like his mother. I have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain size. All that's yeah. performance. Absolutely. All that's performance. And so I, I started measuring. The more I measured myself by performance, the less I could hear my soul's song. Absolutely. And, and you so lose that mu- person after a while, too. Like you said, yes, it's just gone, do. right? You find yourself sitting there saying, I did all this, and For now what? what? 
Yeah, for what? For what? Yeah. I, and so that's the music math. The music math approach is is bringing music and math into proper alignment. It's bringing them into collaboration. You need both to be in balance, working together, not against each other. And so I help people find out, you know, hear their song again and do the math in accordance with that song. And that helps them to discover their superpower to have great love. And it also lets them know that they are enough because they already have factors. The factors is what's been given to them. Mm -hmm. You know, the factors is what you already possess. It's already, already inherently in you. It's your skills, your talents. It's it's what resonates with you. It's that it, that spiritual DNA inside of you that knows what your due north is. It knows what feels like home to you. It knows what resonates with you. And so, you know, it's it's it and and it's it's in finding out what those factors are. That makes you enough. Uh, being a church girl and coming up in a in a church background, I often heard that uh, scripture in Genesis that talks about in the beginning God created, and then it talks about you know how uh, God said be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. and all I had ever associated with that was having children. Yeah, that's what the common conception of that is. Yeah, but being fruitful and multiplying means it's up leveling, it's mm-hmm. magnifying, it's making better what's already in you. Mm-hmm. And sharing that with the world. Exactly. It's building you on are. that for yeah. who you are. It's doing that. It's taking those factors that have already been given to you and magnifying them, ma- enriching them, multiply, is, multiplying them. That is so yes, beautiful. Another, Hence another math thing, multiplying them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean changing who you are. No, no, it's amplifying it. It's amplifying your voice, your value, and your vision. I love everything about this. Like I could just sit here all day long and just listen to you. Your voice is amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. I love you. it. I'm just, I almost got into a meditative state like you're doing a visualization or something like this. And I was like, okay, hang on. You're recording a podcast for <laughs> like back to reality here. It's like, oh man, she's got me deep right now. <laughs> I love it though. And you resonated with so much in me and where I'm at right now in my own life, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, as you're talking, I'm staring at my little, um, I have a vision board here and it's got the little thing on it says, I am enough. Yeah. And you know, that's so important for women to do the work, or, you know, to, to follow what you've done, right? Yes. And, because we have so much to give. And my whole premise of what I want to do in my life is to help women rise and, and be all that they're meant to be, not what society tells them to be, but what exactly. their inherent person is, right? Because there's some amazing yeah. gifts out there that we amazing. need Amazing. To- we are enough. And if we don't know, if we don't take assessment of who we are, and, and, and learn to respect that, then there are enough people out there that are going to give us the factors they think we ought to have. Exactly. They'll tell Everyone us, else's agenda. Ch- yeah. They'll tell us to check, you know, blondes have more fun. So you'll dye your hair blonde. You know, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, what colors you should wear. They'll tell you what jobs you should work in. They'll tell you, you know, well, you're not doing enough. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And don't get me wrong. There are voices out there that are supposed to help you 
to become your best self, but not in their lane. Yes, in exactly. Yours. Exactly. To, and they have, you have to find that person, even if it's a coach who sees that in you to amplify and, that versus their own agenda. And that, and that is so key. And I know you know it. There are a lot of people that don't understand that. And so what they end up doing is they try to make people into what they think they should be. Mm-hmm. And the art of coaching is that client or that person sets the agenda. Absolutely. The only thing you do is hold up a mirror mm-hmm. and hold them accountable and you show them, you know, what's what's off. What, yeah. what doesn't what doesn't line up so that they can become more aware of the blind spots that are keeping them from having what their soul desires. So yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I love every aspect of this uh, podcast today. I'm loving it. And I can sit here and talk to you for hours. <laughs> However, <laughs> However, before I get totally derailed for a couple of hours here, <laughs> I need to stay on track. <laughs> and I love everything that you've said because I was in a state of being and not doing. And, uh, but I do yeah. have to jump back onto my do agenda to make sure that I'm honoring everybody around me. <laughs> yes, because you have a sense of purpose, you know. And, I do, yes. And, and purpose blends the two together. Yes. You don't just be to make yourself feel good. You know there's a higher calling to your being. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give one little summary of this. And so what would be your most important message you want to leave our listeners with today before we get into our little insight round? Uh, simply, you are enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And your job is not to assume that you aren't and take on what somebody else tells you. Your job is to find out what your enough factors are and to multiply them. Absolutely. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. I, just, I love every piece of that. And with that, that was a really deep conversation that was so needed. And I'm glad. I, I love all pieces of that. And so now we're going to lighten things up just a little bit. Okay. And I don't know how light this is going to get, but there's a couple <laughs> lighter, lighter segments in here. <laughs> we'll laugh our way through it. <laughs> exactly. So I, I find I get into all these really deep areas with people and it's, it's great. It's rich. It's, it's where I want to be. And it's like, okay, try and lighten this up. <laughs> um, so... This is a little insight round, and this is this is meant to be fun, but it's uh, it does tend to get a little little bit deep sometimes. But we'll we'll go with it. So, okay. what is this is about to trying to get to know you a little bit more. So, what was one mindset that was holding you back? Ah, uh, that other people knew better than I did what was best ah, for me. Yes, yeah, absolutely, very well, simply said. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna leave it at that because that, there's a whole lot there just in itself. So. Um, what was one person that changed your life for the better? You know, I thought about this and actually it was my ex-boss. Okay. Had he not said no to what I wanted, I would have continued rationalizing staying in a place that I was supposed to leave. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, most of the time you think it's your mother and all that, but I'm thinking what really was the catalyst, be it good or bad? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For the shift. And it was my ex-boss. I got so upset with him. (laughs) 
got so upset about something. And, I, and as I look back, I realized that was the point. That was the yeah. thing that yanked me yeah. from, from, from that, whatever other people thought was best for me. I could totally see that. Totally see that. Yeah. I get it. I'm looking yeah. at my own life and I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what would be the best advice you've ever received? Oh my God. And I know these are hard to pinpoint to one thing, you know, especially if you're a successful person, you've probably had many pieces come to you, right? So. Oh my God. You know what? The best advice, and this is going to sound weird, but it really was advice. Mm. No. No. The, the word saying, no. Saying no yeah. to what no longer served me. Ah, I love it. Say no to what no longer serves you, what doesn't align. Because uh, like I was saying, I kind of indicated earlier, I hated my job. I was begging mm -hmm. the universe to free me from doing bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. So that I could pursue coaching and authoring and speaking and, and, and singing and stuff like that. And what happened was I started out working as a temp for a small company. And because of that no to what I was begging for God, the universe to, to, to change, to take me out of, because of that no, I did not end up walking away from the very thing that was going to end up funding what I do now. Because what I ended up doing is I flipped that job into a business. Oh. And they were my first clients. Oh, wow. The very people, the very situation <laughs> that I started out as a temp mm -hmm. working for somebody else, I flipped it and started a bookkeeping business. And now I have somebody else that handles the account. And so that business now is my investor business that's allowing me to coach, to speak, to do the things that I'm really passionate about. So the best advice I ever got was no. I love it. And no. you just said a whole bunch in that whole last piece there that has hit, triggered me so much. And that, I'll leave that off for the side for now, but thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Maybe Thank you. I was not expecting over, that. You're going to tell me. You're going to tell me how it did that. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll have a chat with you after hours on this one. Um, oh, good. So I'm also all about self-care because I think if we're a highly successful, highly driven woman, we have to really take care of ourselves to bring our best self forward. And if we don't, then of course the universe comes knocking on your door with all sorts of things that slow you down. And um, so what do you do what's your can you share a self-care habit that you practice regularly yeah um i think the word for it would be gratitude yeah I, I and i thought about it it's not that i you know sit in the yoga position and think really good thoughts that's not it um it's seeing through bigger eyes mm -hmm. and from a higher vantage point it's it's a practice Yes. Of seeing through bigger eyes and from a higher vantage point. And, it, and by doing so, seeing all the opportunities that life presents me every day. Because, you know, 
Facebook and other social media can make you feel like you aren't doing enough. Oh, you aren't growing enough. You aren't as successful as someone else. You don't have as many followers, friends, or wins as other people. But then I remember the vision I put out into the universe. That vision was to live life on my terms, mm-hmm. to wake up every morning excited about my day, to do meaningful and fulfilling work and to have the revenues to support all the above. Absolutely. And so when I wake up in the morning, when I look at it through bigger eyes and from a higher vantage point, I realize that I am doing that and that life is offering more opportunities to do it with more intention. Yeah, absolutely. When when you talk about that. grateful. Absolutely. When you talk about that Facebook piece, um, one of my coaches last year, she says, you know what, you just go about your doing what you want to do. And if you can help one person, you've done a lot. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have 95 people all happy and glowing about you. If you can help one person, you've made a, a change in this world, right? Yeah. And that gratitude for that one person, instead of you having to work hard, perform hard, you know, go about your hustle because people are just hustling, 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 going after their dreams for everything. And and it it allows you to, it it actually puts you into a place of allowing. Yes. Because I really believe this, Maria. I believe that after you have built something, the next step is to occupy what you've built. Yes, absolutely. And if you don't see that, then you'll continue to see it as not enough and you'll continue to work hard, work hard, work hard, never occupying. Yeah. And I was that person probably about five or six years ago. And my coach said to me, to, she gave me the words to turn that around. And I've kept yeah. that email. It was like a really long whole page email about seeing that. She actually was on my birthday and we were in a restaurant. She says, I have a challenge for you. And she wanted me, that's the goal of it was for me to um, live in that world that I built for myself. Cause I was still doing, 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 doing as if, as if you're still building on a house that's already built. Yeah. And, and now I don't, I sit in my place and I go, wow, this is amazing. You know? Yeah. And, and it's I, wonderful because gratitude puts you from a state of, it helps you to see what yes. you already have. Absolutely. And it allow, instead of allowing your ego to try to talk you into what you don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have, where are we now? I've totally lost track of my habit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's good though. It means I'm going deep into all this stuff. It's good. So do you have a favorite quote? I do. And I don't want this to sound like I, I uh, think too high of myself. <laughs> but actually my favorite quote is one of my own. Okay, it's something, it's something that the universe whispered into my mind when I was trying to figure out my next right step. Okay. It said, if you can be your way through it, you, you can, can find your way to it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to write that one down. I'll listen to the recording on this and write that one down. I love that. Yeah. And if so you can we, just be, just be, yeah. be your way, be your way through it. Don't absolutely. try to do your way, but be your way through it. And I'm then trying you to, will find. Yes, absolutely. You'll find your way. And that's my whole theme as of late. This whole year has been about being and slowing down the doing. You still have to do a bit, but it's focusing on the being who you need to be. 
or who you want oh, to be yeah. and all that, right? So Yeah, you you make more progress. And I know Absolutely. it seems it seems counterintuitive. But, but it's, it's not. Like you get more done being than you ever get done doing. Absolutely. Doing can be a lot of busyness. It's like, but it can be like riding a stationary bicycle. You're pedaling very hard, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Love that analogy. Love that analogy. That's, that's great. Um, so now I have two more questions for you, or maybe three. Uh, what okay. book are you reading right now? Well, actually, I'm not reading one, but I keep three on my nightstand okay. that I reference often. And they are Enough is Enough by Dr. Ray Charles. Just his okay. name made me want to pick the book up. You know, of Ray course, Charles, yeah. Right? Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Oh, yes, I have. Oh, that's one of my favorites, too. And No Matter What by Lisa Nichols. Lisa Nichols, she's fabulous, too. Wow, you got some powerhouses oh, yeah. there. I love it. So I love keep it. those on my nightstand. Love it. So, one last question. What is one thing that you are most passionate about? I am most passionate about about my life mattering. I want my life to matter. I I do. You know, it's like you get to this point where you really want you you realize, I guess, at my age, because I'm 58 and I'm staring down the barrel at 60. Mm-hmm. I'm almost about to get, you know, discounts at places. For <laughs> a senior citizen. <laughs> I mean, really, it's like you, you're starting to realize that for many of us, we've lived over half of our lives already. Oh, I know. And so you kind of look back and you want to realize you want you, you don't want to just have sleepwalk all the way through your, through your life. That is so beautifully said. And that's exactly where I'm at now. What am I, what's your legacy going to be, right? Exactly. And I want my life to have mattered. I really, really do. I, I, I want to, to have served the highest purpose. And I know I'm sounding like Oprah, but that's the way I feel. <laughs> I want to that's serve, good though. serve the highest purpose for which I was put here. Absolutely. I would hate to, to die having not done what I was put here to do, having not changed a life, having not contributed. There's so much in the world that is contaminating it. I would really, I really want my life to matter toward contributing. And I want it to outlive me. I don't want to just have my child be my legacy. Oh, I've got goosebumps all over me. In this world that can out live me, that even when I cease to be on this side, that somebody can pick up a book I've written, they can read an article Mm -hmm. I have written, they can listen to a Facebook Live or can listen to this podcast. This podcast, absolutely, because there's a lot of richness here, holy crow. (laughs) And and whether we are living like, whether they're living like the Jetsons or whatever, they'll still hear the message, Mm -hmm. I am enough. Absolutely. I think that's the most amazing place to leave off our conversation today. Because this this has been absolutely amazing. It's so rich. It's way more than I ever anticipated, I have to admit. I was in a a doing mode this morning. You instantly switched me to being. It was like instantaneously. It It was amazing. I thank you so much. 
Before oh, we before you. we end here, we need to uh, tell the audience where people can find you. They can find me at www.suzettesolutions.com. Perfect. That's my website. And, and I will put that in the show notes too so people can have that too. Fabulous. And I'm always loving new friends, people that are purposeful, people that want something more for their lives. Uh, they can also find me on Facebook, yeah. uh, facebook.com backslash Hinton H-I-N-T as in Tom, O-N. Perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, I always love, love meeting new people, connecting with people, uh, and, and, and just because we all are here to help each other. I get just as much out of the people that I meet as they get out of meeting me. So, yeah, I, that I welcome so that. so wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today. This is, oh, I mean, this is great me. for my audience, but for me, this has been the most amazing experience. It's, oh, um, so glad. I'm glad. My, Yay. <laughs> I hope my audience gets just as much out of it as I have or 10 times more because, I mean, this is just amazing. So I can't thank you enough for being part of this today with me and for sharing your story and your life and all the work that you do. And thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thanks, everyone, for listening in today. Thank you for listening today. Show notes are available at www.mariaconde.com.